Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. This morning we're starting a four-week look at the book of Ruth. And it fits in nicely because there are four chapters in the book of Ruth, so we'll look at one per week. Today our scripture is from Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 through 17. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-laws with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight, and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. So we see in the book of Ruth, we see... Obviously, the, the book focuses on the main character, which is, is Ruth. But throughout the entire book of Ruth, we see really four main characters. Three in the book, and there's, a, and there's a fourth one that shows up later on in the New Testament book of Matthew. The first person we see is uh, an older married woman who has two sons, and each of those two sons are married as well. After a while, that woman's husband dies, as well as the two sons, and she's left alone with her two daughter-in-laws. That, of course, is Naomi. The second person is Ruth. She marries one of Naomi's sons, but then finds herself a widow in the foreign land. The third person, who we didn't see today, but we'll, we'll run into him next week in chapter 2, the third person is Boaz, and he's a wealthy, powerful young man, and he just happens to be single, and he just happens to also be related to Naomi. And as we shall see, Ruth is loyal to Naomi, 
So Naomi finds Ruth a husband in Boaz, and they all live happily ever after, after, so to speak. Now, the important part of the story is not just about love or about loyalty, but as with any scripture, it shows that God has a plan and God has a purpose. But what about that fourth character I mentioned? We don't read about that fourth person in the book of Ruth. But we find that person who happens to be a prostitute named Rahab. They show up in the book of Matthew in the New Testament and is included in the physical heritage or lineage of Christ's genealogy. But the book of Ruth describes several themes throughout it. First, we see that God's grace is extended to all, not just the Jews. And we saw, you know, uh, several years later, when Paul comes onto the scene in New Testament times, he too realized that the gospel, the good news, God's mercy, God's grace, God's salvation plan, was not just for the Jews. Gentiles can receive those blessings as well. They can receive his mercy. They can receive his grace. And even expanding upon that idea a little bit, God's grace isn't just available to men. Because during this time, and really just until several hundred years ago, and even maybe the last 50 or 60 years, depending on how you look at it, the world was a very male-dominated society, as I've said before. But here we see God caring for both men and women. And that was his plan from the beginning. The story of Ruth occurs during the time of the judges, whenever they governed Israel. And God used a famine in Judah to set this to set in motion these events. And this entire story covers about 11 or 12 years. So God has this great famine in in Judah in the land of Bethlehem. So Naomi, her husband and her two sons decide to leave their land because of the famine and go to this place called Moab until the famine was over. Apparently in Moab there was still food. They were still able to to survive. But Moab was a pagan society, a pagan nation. But she picks up with her husband and her two sons and they go to this foreign land. While in this foreign land, the two sons get married to foreign women. The husband dies. And then the sons die. But they live together as a family for ten years in this foreign land. After these ten years, the husband is dead and the two sons are dead. Word comes back to Naomi that the famine is ending in her hometown. And no doubt Naomi, by this point in time, after ten years of living in a foreign land, was was probably a little upset and a little down and out, a little displeased at the events that had occurred and the things that she had gone through. But she knew where her home 
was. She knew she had friends there. She knew she had family there. So she knew she wanted and had to get back to her hometown of Bethlehem. So she decides to return. And as we saw in our scripture, she probably felt as if God was punishing her for some reason. She left her nation, her her friends, her family, goes to a foreign land, loses her husband, loses her sons, has to work hard just to survive. She probably didn't have much food. So she finally returns to Bethlehem. And the people barely recognize her there. She's lived a hard life for these past ten years. She was in emotional pain, losing her closest family members. It was a physical struggle just for her to survive. And she was lucky to have these two younger women, these daughter-in-laws. But look what she does next. Naomi graciously tells her two daughter-in-laws to return to their own hometowns, to return to their own nation, to their own people, to their family, to remarry, and to live their own lives. Of course, at first, both daughter-in-laws insist upon going with Naomi. But Naomi says once again, I cannot support you. I cannot provide for you. You're better off living with your own people, with your family. And that's really all that Naomi had left were those two daughter-in-laws. But she wanted what was best for them, so she told them to go. What an act of selfless love and mercy that we see here. This time, though, the one daughter-in-law, Orpha, the she, retire, she decides to return to her hometown. But Ruth stays. And even once again, Naomi pleads with Ruth, saying, look, you're better off with your own people. I have no husband to provide for you anymore. And this is where we see that wonderful passage of loyalty and commitment from Ruth. Ruth responds, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. What a wonderful depiction of of courage, of commitment, and loyalty that we see here with Ruth. And after this speech, Naomi truly saw the loyalty that Ruth had for her. And she saw not only the loyalty and dedication that Ruth had for Naomi, but also to God. See, she was a, Ruth was a, a foreigner. She would have been a pagan, a Gentile. But she lived with Naomi and her family for ten years, who were Jews, faithful Jews. And she saw their faithfulness. She saw and learned about their God. And at some point in time, Ruth was converted and believed in that true God. 
What a wonderful picture of dedication that is, and of love. See, Ruth was no longer under any commitment to stay with Naomi. Naomi said she was free to go. But Ruth stays because of her dedication, because of her love, not only for Naomi, for her mother-in-law, but for God as well. She was loyal to them. By staying with Naomi and going to Bethlehem with her, Ruth was giving up her chance to have her own life and to be with her family. Ruth is loyal. She's faithful. She's committed. She's dedicated. She's trusting. She's selfless. What wonderful characteristics those those are to have. Can the same be said about you when you think about it? Are you faithful? Are you committed to not only your spouse and your family, but to God? And it seems to be difficult in this world today to be loyal with the way our society is. Our society is so focused on each individual person's need. They're self-serving attitudes. And they look for instant gratification rather than being dedicated to something. To something that takes commitment and dedication. Look at Noah's uh, building the ark. He had to be very dedicated. He was, an, he was an old man when he started that. And it took him a long time to build that big ship. And that's dedication. You know, most people give up after a few hours of not being able to do something. But we need to remember what Jesus told us. We need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. That takes commitment. That takes dedication. It means being loyal. It means thinking of others first. It means doing what is right, not necessarily what is easy. It's important for us to be faithful in our commitments because we as Christians are representatives of Jesus Christ. He is faithful. He is true. He is loyal. And we, if we're representing Him, should be the same. He gave His life as a ransom for ours. He didn't have to. He didn't need to. He could have escaped from the Romans. He could have escaped from the Jews, from the Pharisees, from the Sadducees, from the scribes. But He didn't. He obeyed the Father's will perfectly. He was loyal. He was dedicated. He was committed to the plan. Think about the blessings that you have received, maybe from a faithful friend, maybe from a spouse or a parent. And think about the blessing of commitment. And think about how loyal you've been to things in your life. But most importantly, think about how loyal you have been to God, especially as we prepare to commune together with God this morning. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for our time in your word this morning.
Forgive us for our broken commitments and our lack of dedication to the things in this life, and especially to you and your word, and to the life that you want us to live. Thank you for being faithful to us, even when we do not turn to you. Help us this week to show the loyalty and dedication and trust that we see in people like Ruth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.